Good day and welcome to the exclusive broadcast for the Georgia Urban Ag Council. My name is William Eastman. I am program manager for GrowthWorks Media in partnership with the Ag Council and the Green Market Consulting Group. And you've been reading a series of our articles in the magazine. And what I'd like to do is expand upon uh, one of the articles we wrote today, and by the way, introduce a new service is that from this period forward, uh, all of our articles will have a podcast because it is somewhat challenging to take a large topic such as the discipline of management, which is today's show, and break it down into about 500 words. So let me give you the basis of this. First of all, let me make a division between leadership and management. Leadership is more on the intangible side and it focuses on people and management is more around resources. Even though people are into that, we're looking more at the metrics and how the business is running. And the the purpose behind this is to take the years of experience that I've had, not just as a consultant, but running businesses, working as a virtual executive, doing turnarounds. And one of the first thing I notice when I go into a company is whether there's any really discipline in the firm. And that discipline starts with management. And what I mean my discipline is there do they have a way of doing businesses uh, doing business that matches the frequency of how the work is being performed and then con- controlling that frequency and so what I'm going to do is I'm going to say there are three things that I really 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 want to consider here uh, when I look at management and I this is my own list uh, one is I want to constantly focus on contribution uh, my job as a manager in any firm is to say, given the time that I have allotted to me and the amount of tasks that I have in front of me, how do I make the biggest contribution to the business right now? Um, and now, even though I, I need to have more of a weekly, monthly, quarterly, yearly focus, in this moment in time is that if I've got 10 things to do and time to do five, how do I pick the five that I, that I need to work on and complete? And it all comes down to contribution. What has the greatest impact on the success of the business? And so where that starts, it starts with time management. And I know that when I get into this topic, what a lot of managers will say to me, their pushback is, yeah, but I don't really control my time at the mercy of events. And my pushback on that pushback is simple. If you're a frontline employee, you're a laborer, you're out on the job and you're doing uh, landscape maintenance or you're doing design build, and you're the person doing the work, you're absolutely right. I am at the mercy of my managers and customers in terms of how I spend my day. But if I'm a manager in the firm, that's a cop-out. I control my calendar, and I can either be controlled by events or I will control those events. And when you take the mindset that I'm going to control those events, because, again, I've got to get back to the issue of contribution. How do I make the greatest contribution in the firm? I cannot do that and be reactive. What I have to do is be proactive and look at what's coming across my desk or what's on my computer screen, uh, et cetera, or who's calling me on the phone and say, is this one I need to do? So let me get into this. And I find that there's four things that are disciplines around my time that I constantly focus in on. And I'll give you an overview of the four and then I'll drill down. And by the way, this is all companion to the article. So first of all is... Given I know how the day goes, there are periods of time where it's really hectic and it's when all the crises or all the urgent issues that I'm going to have to deal with surface, right? I'm going to put that aside and say those periods of time I'm going to dedicate to that and I'm going to schedule nothing else. If I get free time and something happens and we don't have the crisis, or I should say nothing happens and we don't have that crisis right now, then I can plug in other things I need to do. 
but I'm not going to fight that. So typically in most landscape firms, that's in startup in the morning, make sure everything gets out and uh, typically toward the end of the day. And then you're just getting phone calls as the day goes. And so I want to put that time aside. At my quiet time, when it doesn't seem to have a lot of crisis, you know, it could be late morning or early afternoon, then what I want to do is I want to take that time and I want to schedule it for the review of information reports. In other words, the data about how the, the organization is functioning uh, as it relates to my position, either as I contribute to the company above me. So if I'm in a manager role, I'm typically reporting to the owner or contribution in terms of I'm responsible for a number of different uh, people or departments that report to me and how do I make sure that they make the greatest contribution so without data I can't really do that so I want to schedule time quiet time where I can look at it and I can think it through because sometimes the answer pops when you look at the when you look at the data and other times you got to stare at it for a little bit to go what is it really telling me the third part of my day that I want to schedule is what I call tours in other words, what I want to do is I want to get out of my office and I want to walk the, the building. I want to go to job sites. In other words, what I need to do is I need to make sure that I stay connected because the stuff on paper is critical, but it only tells you part of the story. The stuff on paper is, is like a skeleton. I need to put flesh and I need to put skin on the bones. And the only way I can do that is getting out there. So I want to schedule tours to where within a work week. I've seen every part of the business that either I'm responsible for or impacts me. And I simply want to go out there, connect with people, talk to them. And I may have questions to ask, or I may be just observing, but basically I want to get out there and press the flesh and make sure that I stay connected to the people who are doing the work and to the work itself. And then the last one is the time I want to schedule time for visits. And visits are surprises. In other words, I pop up someplace that nobody expects me because I want to see what is actually going on. Uh, because on the tours type of thing, that should be kind of a standard thing in your calendar so people in the department know that on Tuesday at 2 o'clock, you're going to stop on by and see what's going on. So it's fairly predictable. On the, on the visits, on the other hand, I want to make sure that I get as unobtrusive measure as I can. What I mean by that is, let's say I decide to go out to a job site. Well, I'm not going to drive up to the job site on a visit. I'm going to find some position where the, I can see them and they can't see me, and I'm going to watch how the job is being done. So that gives me a, another kind of sense, because if they know I'm coming by, they may be showing me something quite different than what is actually going on. So if I'm scheduling my day, I want to make sure that I've got those four elements every day going on, and I, I don't know if there's any pattern to visits. Uh, I typically, when I look at the information, uh, I plan my visits when I see something disturbing or when I look at the information and I see something positive and say, you know, I need to show up and say something to somebody about this. So that's the issue of time management. I can go much more in depth on that. And if you like, you can contact me at 833-RU-GREEN. Uh, that's 833-R-U-G-R-E-E-N. And I can give you more detail with that. So once I've got my time under control, then what I want to do is I want to take a look at the data or the information that I'm receiving. And one of the big differences that I've seen, because I've been, a, I've been at the executive vice president level in large corporations, I've also consulted with CEOs, etc., and that is they don't lack information. In fact, they've got too much information. And one of the roles of a manager in, that, in those type of big companies is to sift through the stuff 
to figure out of what they're getting sent what works what what information helps me do my job better because you don't know where these reports come from you know somebody decided that this report needs to be done in fact my experience was that is that I've taken reports and walked around to people and asked them how important it is and I find out that about 80% of the reports don't get read why because they don't get discussed if I go to a meeting with my boss and he doesn't bring or she doesn't bring that report up uh, odds are unless there's really something valuable in there I'm gonna pass up on that and I'm going to pay attention to what they talk about and so that's what happens in large businesses but in small businesses it's usually exactly the opposite is that there's an inadequate amount of information I don't have data that I need to make decisions which is one of the reasons why I get in the reactive mode because if I don't if I don't have the information then I can't get in front of it and typically what I'm doing is I'm responding to the other side the crisis that gets created that shouldn't have been a crisis in the first place so when you look at creating uh, a measurement system uh, for yourself uh, let me give you what I tell my clients to do but also how I run the business now I can get more detailed than what I'm going to give you but I I think that these four categories and each one of these have three elements each that gives you kind of 12 metrics that will tell you volumes about the company and then from that you can make some decisions about what information you didn't collect so the four categories are customers employees work and finance okay customers employees work and finance now customers three critical uh, questions I want to ask because this relates to customer satisfaction and marketing and sales and that is what's my return on marketing spend in other words we're doing if, if you're doing any type of marketing you you're doing um, Google Adsense uh, you're using Facebook and you're boosting posts etc or you're using Angie list or something like that I'm spending money on that whether that money is a direct cost where I got to pay them to get in there or number two is somebody's doing the work so I've got labor attached to that so what I want to figure out is for all the money that I'm spending how many of those leads are really qualifiable these are people who fit our sweet spot and the easiest metric here is that I look uh, at the cost per qualified lead and so what happens is the smarter I am the less expensive it, it, it becomes to get a qualified lead if I spend it correctly in the right place um, and it could be more money let's just take a, a theoretical here is I spend five thousand dollars on AdSense but I get a hundred good leads um, that's a lot better than uh, perhaps saying get and spending a thousand dollars with Facebook and only getting one and so it's really the cost of those leads and this helps me maximize my dollars uh, number two is what's the close ratio and what the close ratio is is what is the percentage of these leads that we qualified that actually close uh, so for example is a ratio of not a very good ratio would be a hundred to one in other words it takes a hundred leads to get one closed deal and what you'll find is when you start measuring that you'll start bringing the number down because if it's a hundred to one then I know that maybe 75 to one is possible because that type of gain is always there the first time you look at it the more you analyze a number and the more that you manage it the more difficult it gets to either decrease it in this case is the appropriate direction or if it's a metric that going up is better then after a while the easy stuff is done but I want to look at the close ratio and I in this case I want to consistently bring that number down and it tells me it tells me a lot about the sales process because a qualified lead is somebody who is a candidate to buy from us 
In other words, a qualified lead is somebody who is making a Biden decision reasonably soon, has unmet or undermet needs that we supply, they have the financial ability to afford our offer, and that they are basically frictionless in our system. And what I mean by frictionless is that I can basically do work with them. I don't have to do a lot of custom for them, whether that's custom work or custom billing. And so they're not adding friction or cost to my system. And then the last one is customer satisfaction. I need to be measuring in some way how satisfied customers are on two dimensions. One is how satisfied are they with the delivered product? The thing that we put in, that we installed, or the service that we're providing, how satisfied are they with that? And then I also want to collect how satisfied are they with the experience of doing business with us? Because I can tell you, if you do perfect work, but the people out there treat the customers terribly, your ranking, customer service ranking, is going to be lower than if you did average work and you bundled it around a great experience. So in customers, those three things will give me an excellent handle on how we're doing on the customer side. Now, employees, there are three here employees, missed days, job-related accidents, and performance. Missed days, uh, what are the causes for uh, people failing to show up, failing to show up on time, failing to stay on the job until the job is done? What is causing that? And so I'm I'm less concerned about the metric of how many days out people are, um, how many days out I'm paying for. What I'm really concerned is what's the cause of that? The next one is job-related accidents. And typically, with job-related accidents, when you look at this, what's the causes of those? It's either training or attitude. In other words, the people weren't adequately trained on how to do the job, and therefore they're doing things to hurt themselves. And of course, you know, you got to pay workers' comp, you got to report it. You get OSHA and now in your knickers and all things that you don't want to have happen to you. Um, so is it the fact that we didn't train them adequately or is it people just don't really give a damn and they're sloppy about how they do their work? And then on the performance side, I want to take a look at job-related mistakes. Um, we're not doing the job correctly. And again, it's, it comes down to training their attitude is that if they're making mistakes doing the job, is it, is it a failure of how we trained them to do the job or is it an issue that they just don't give a damn and typically this is an expression of the crew leader if you got people with bad attitudes on a job look to the person that's responsible for them and if it's you um you got to do a little soul searching now the area i stayed out of is perhaps the procedures we're having them follow are not appropriate but i'm going to deal with that in a different area so that takes out two okay the uh, third one is work. I want to look at the job itself and I want to collect information that says how accurate when we when we do a project estimate or a job estimate uh, and we're we're estimating material and labor hours how accurate was that? Did we meet that budget? Or is it the fact that we didn't meet budget um, based upon the fact that the job is poorly performed? And this is usually a measure of either the sales process or a measure of who the foreman or crew leader is for this particular group of people working on our client's property. Uh, the next one I want to look at is waste. Okay, And waste, in this particular case, is how many times do we have to do the job over? How many times do we have to return to what should have been a completed job? And we've got to go back to finish it. And it also could be 
how many times have we have to send somebody out because they got the wrong materials, they forgot their tools, etc. Those are all waste. Those all affect the margin of my business. And I want to know what the causes of those are. And then the last one on work is giveaways. What I want to do is I want to identify the causes for why we're going to give something away. And you know what, you know what I'm talking about here. The customer is totally unhappy, so um, the bush we put in in the front of the property, we give them the bushes for free. Uh, or uh, we've got to reduce price and say, okay, we'll take 10% off the price. I want to know why we're doing that because in the budget estimate, that had a gross margin put in there. And those gross margins are critical. And if I'm start, if I have to give away work, um, give away labor hours, give away uh, materials, uh, or reduce the price because the customers are unhappy, it, I could be in a situation right now where I'm paying a customer to do an install or I'm paying a customer to cut their grass. That's got to stop. And I won't know that until I collect that information. And then finally, on the finance side, there are three areas that I would look in. Uh, one is estimates. Okay, it, it, the evaluation here is can the job be performed as promised, which the data that we've just collected is pretty much going to give you an answer to that. And you're, you're going to you know where to look in terms of it's a job estimating uh, problem or it's a performance issue. Number two is I'm going to look at margins. Um, are those margins, um, are we meeting the margins? You know, we look at each one of the businesses. So, for example, just to give you one for landscape maintenance, is that landscape maintenance is one of those jobs where we can't charge a lot, and the maintenance, uh, I mean, the margin on those are pretty tight. And if we don't manage that tight, we're not making any money at it. So you would say, you, if you look at it, you got a job um, on landscape maintenance, and your gross margin on that job is around 30 or 35%, someplace in that range. More than likely, the profitability of that is going to be under 10%. In other words, the profit contribution that landscape maintenance is going to make to the overall business is going to be under 10%. And it's almost, you got to ask yourself, why the hell we're doing that? Because I could have taken that money, put it in the stock market, and got 33% return last year, just as a somewhat tongue-in-cheek example. But you know where I'm going on this. Um, so if I can get a gross margin around 40% of landscape maintenance, then the chances are that my profit contribution is going to be more like 10, 12, or maybe as high as 15%. Well-run landscape maintenance firms uh, get a sufficient gross margin that the profit contribution to the company is around 15%. Um, and so that is where you want to go. And then the last one is on profit. Okay, And I want to take a look at jobs in terms of the profit contribution. What are they bringing over to the company? And so if I'm a manager and I am, I've got my hands on margin and profit, uh, I am making an incredible contribution to the company. And profit like margin is kind of an output of the other three metrics. So what I gave you was I would look in four areas. And if you don't like mine, you pick your own. But I would say to you, the smart move would be I'm going to measure customers. I'm going to measure employees. I'm going to measure how the work is done. And I'm going to look at the finances of what I control. I'm not saying that the owner's got to turn everything over to you. If I'm talking to a manager, if you're the owner, you know all these numbers. So once I have that information and I'm managing my time to where I have sufficient time to scrutinize that, um, I'm now ready for the last part of this. And that's the problem solving piece. So I focus on contribution. I manage my time. I build the type of metrics or I know how to read the metrics that we have that gives me the information to make decisions. So now 
On problem solving, this is pretty easy. Um, back in my days working in lean manufacturing as a quality guy, um, and anybody that's had any quality training, I'm sure you're familiar with either the, uh, the term the Ishikawa diagram, which is the formal name to kind of make it sound sexy, or basically just a, um, a uh, what, what we would call a, a, a stick diagram. Okay, and all that is, it says that the root cause of all problems in businesses can be summed up in the four M's. Uh, one is materials. All right, we had the wrong materials out, or the material for some reason was defective, or we didn't have enough amount. Okay, so it's the wrong materials. There was something wrong with the materials themselves, like, you know, the seeds didn't sprout, or the, they were spoiled when we got them. Or we got on the job, and what we found out is that the estimate was for uh, 100 pounds of uh, mulch, and really we needed 150, or if we're measuring cubic yards, and you can do it that way. So materials is one. The second one is machinery. In other words, we took the wrong equipment on the job, and machinery could be, you know, power tools, lawnmowers, etc. It could be tools, shovels, rakes. In other words, it's all the things that are required to do the job, and we took the wrong stuff out, or it was broken, or it was non-operative. That's a root cause. The third one is methods, and in methods, I want to look at two areas. One is, is it a scheduling issue? In other words, when we put the schedule together, we made it impossible for somebody to show up on this job because uh, and then work it, and let's say our estimate was 120 uh, was 120 minutes with two people an hour, and then we had them scheduled for the next job. Well, the job took longer than 120 minutes for two people to do. Therefore, we didn't get to the next job. The other one is, and this is typically where the problem is, is you've got you don't have the right procedures in place, or you don't have any. And one of the things that we emphasize at Greenmark is this idea of, of standard operating procedures or SOPs, and it's actually critical. I would say that most small businesses, methods is probably, if you had to place a bet on where the problem is, the root cause, uh, I would go to methods. And then the last one of the four is manpower. And we only use the word man because we want to keep the four M's going, so it's easy to remember. But this is basically either we have people who are not trained or poorly trained, or it's the attitudes themselves that is driving this. So when I get this information and I'm looking at, okay, we got this problem and I have some data, I want to say to myself, is it a problem with materials? Is it a problem with machinery? Is it a problem with methods? Or is it a uh, problem with manpower? And it's typically easy to, at this point, spot where the root cause lies. And it could be it's one, or it could be some combination of them. But at least it puts you into the ballpark, because if you go fix this, and here's the rule of thumb on problem solving. If you come up with a solution to this and the problem goes away, you solved it. On the other hand, if it pops up again a week later, don't do the same thing because what it says is you didn't do a proper analysis um, on what the root cause of the problem is. And again, just like I did what said with the others, there's far more to this than I can do here in a 500-word um, article. So what I want to share with you is this idea of what is the discipline of management. And as I said when, at the beginning, in the, in the times that I've done business turnovers where I've gone in and I've taken over a business and fixed it and then either got it sold or I turned it back over to the owner, I always look at management and management's discipline because to me it's the key indicator is if the people in positions of authority who are responsible for people, and in this case we're talking predominantly resources, 
if they're not practicing a discipline and that discipline is across the business, I can guarantee you that that business is not functioning properly. It is not maximizing its capacity. It's not making the margins it ought to make. It's not as profitable as it ought to be. It's not as satisfy, satisfying a place to work as it could be, and customers are not as happy as they need to be. So with that, what I'd say for everybody that's listened to it, thanks for listening to our podcast. This is exclusive to the Georgia Urban uh, Ag Council and is sponsored by Greenmark Consulting. And if you'd like to uh, get a hold of us, get a hold of me personally, and talk about this a little bit further, I can be reached at 833-RU-GREEN. 833-RU-G-R-E-E-N. Have a great and prosperous work month, and I'll talk to you on the next article. Take care.